0: It is the Chicago vs. United Audio podcast, your Chicago scene salvation, featuring interviews with the premier talent and tastemakers in the Chicago music community. My name is Haima Black. I host this podcast every week at ChicagoVerseUnited.com. This week, recording again out of the Music Garage, Chicago's professional music rehearsal space, and home of the Dynasty Podcast Network. Check them out on the web at MusicGarage.com. This week, joined by John Williamson from Music Dealers. John, how's it going?
1: I'm doing great, man. Doing uh, great. Cl- glad to be here.
0: Thank you for coming up. Not a problem. There's lots to talk about here, but I wanted to kind of like start with some of the basics for anyone who isn't familiar. Kind of what does Music Dealers do?
1: All right, like... uh. 20,000 foot uh, overview of the company basically we take great emerging talent and bands and artists from all around the planet and we connect them to brands and television movies and video games and just all all sorts of opportunities for sync placements
0: and you guys you know music dealers is not just a local operation you guys have offices in chicago new york los angeles london all these places
1: yeah and as of september 1st of this year atlanta I actually Thanks. opened an office in Coca-Cola's headquarters.
0: That's right. I did see that there was kind of a collaboration with Coca-Cola, correct?
1: Yeah. We uh, we started working with them like probably a year ago. And the more work we did with them, the, the more of an opportunity that they saw. And a lot of the parallels and stuff that they're trying to do with music and basically the, the concept of us being able to, to localize their, their global campaigns with talent that we have from all different places around the world. So they actually, I believe in June, they bought a, a minority stake in our company. It's
0: crazy, man. Yeah. That's, that's so,
1: huge. So that's basically, uh, we're, we're like cemented in their plans moving forward. We're basically Coca-Cola and their 500 brands, like their global music supervisor now.
0: That's so staggering. It's, it's, so it's huge.
1: It's pretty crazy. Things are things are moving really quick.
0: And all of this kind of coinciding with the fact that Music Dealers only celebrating its third year anniversary. Three years. Three sure. years. And you know when you when you talk about like you know you look at the the Coca-Cola deal and and all the things that it kind of looks like you guys have accomplished. That's pretty amazing that that's happened in such a short time.
1: Yeah. Music Dealers itself is three years, but obviously there's a lot of prior work that took place before music dealers sure i've been in the music business for 12 years now okay from managing artists to running a record label to uh doing brand consulting and now
0: music dealers three years ago it's crazy how did music dealers kind of first come together what was the start of the company
1: in 2007 my business partner and i eric Scheinkopf, we were uh we had a company called bandit and we were managing some some bands at that time but the main thing that we were doing is doing consulting work for Leo Burnett. Yeah, so, absolutely. So we were working on the McDonald's account, the Philip Morris account, and a couple like larger accounts, Kellogg's and things of that sort. And we were doing custom music for them. So basically, they would come to us with a brief, and they'd say, hey, McDonald's is looking for this type of a song. Um, what can you get together for us? It's due. We ship in a week or whatever the case may be. So literally, we would like just start hitting our network getting on the phones calling all the artists we know sending out email blasts and we would probably hit like 200 artists between myself and eric and then like literally within a day or two we'd probably get back like 100 custom songs yeah. for a mcdonald's opportunity and we started doing that and we started landing some of these pieces and uh they were extremely impressed with with how quickly we were turning things around because they're kind of used to the going to a music house Mm -hmm. and saying hey we need a reggae track and having to pay like 15 grand and then a bunch of musicians sit around the studio and make like five custom songs for them like imitating reggae or whatever they're doing right rather than having like real artists that are touring and in the field kind of do music for them so they were definitely uh impressed by the model so as we were doing that we kind of started opening up our eyes and saying wow we could really do this on a much bigger level Instead right. of, like, 200 artists via the phone, we could really build this huge artist community from around the world and, like,
0: build a deal board where we
1: put these briefs and things of that sort.
0: And, you know, something you mentioned that's really interesting is talking about the difference between kind of courting real musicians who do it for a living, who have that passion, who have that skill, versus some corporate guys sitting down and writing a song. And it might not seem like a big deal, but when you when you see it in a movie or a commercial or something, you can tell the difference between a real song and something that's just like the studio bought version of alternative rock or something for like sure
1: that. It, it makes all the difference in the world yeah and going back to like how we started the company then it's uh we, we basically when when we saw that opportunity we really started examining the space seeing what other companies were in it who was doing what and then re- really just built a company with us being artists in the past too like the company that we would want to put our music with and the people that we would want to put our music with to pitch for sync and and act as a partner for our careers so like everything within music dealers we've kind of created like artists first and I think that's what, it's, it's really what's made it grow so quickly.
0: Where are, you know, some of the, the outlets, you know, whether it's a TV show, a movie, commercial, radio, something like that. You know, where are some of the places that people might have heard music dealers license tracks that you helped place them in there?
1: We do a whole lot of stuff right now. We're doing like a lot of the HBO stuff. We've done True Blood, done uh, some Entourage stuff. And then we've done a lot of Showtime things like Weeds and big network stuff like CSI New York, NCIS good wife we kind of broke into television with CBS so that's like one of our larger clients.
0: You know, what are some of the common misconceptions that people, whether they're artists or otherwise, have about music licensing? Or, you know, what are some of the questions that maybe you guys get again and again and again?
1: I think music licensing right now is, is kind of, it's just becoming popular to artists. Mm-hmm. You know, as, as other facets of the business have kind of started tanking, like record sales and things of that sort. You know, now artists are, are kind of opening up their eyes to the alternative means of, of, of revenue and to to be able to keep their careers afloat and do music full-time so I think over the last probably year or two it's become a lot more popular and as it becomes popular artists are really starting to educate themselves on it so in terms of in terms of regular questions that we get, it's really everything about it i mean people the average artist doesn't really know about like the two sides of a song like the master and the publishing side right they don't really know what their rights are they don't understand about performance royalty collection and and things of that sort so that's something else like as we built this company we kind of positioned things online and and we we built like alternative sites and stuff to kind of try to educate the artists on what sync licensing even is so they can Definitely get a a better grasp on it.
0: You know, you touched on a lot of stuff that I literally have on my list in front of me (laughs) that I wanted to bring up to you. And, you know, the first thing is that, I mean, literally, I'm looking at the question right here, and you just (laughs) talked about it. 15 years ago, if you were a major commercial band, going further back, if you were Nirvana, and you put your song on CSI Miami... You were selling out. You were selling out. And now, I know so many musicians local acts you know whoever who are specifically taking time out they have the time they're writing their album songs and then the time that they're They're, writing songs that they're going to try to pitch they're
1: building a catalog of sorts
0: absolutely so now it really does seem like that stigma has been removed because all of a sudden it's like you can't be high and mighty because you don't have the record sales anymore like you're not earning that revenue you got to go somewhere else for it you
1: know everything is kind of just it's been flipped on its head the last couple years so yeah like television has kind of become the new radio it really has yeah so to, to get your music within that, that scene or that, that distribution model, you have to, to write songs a certain way. And you have to kind of play the game. So,
0: well, yeah, and again, something that I literally have in front of me is like you look at TV shows and movies and those really are the new music videos. Pineapple Express, the trailer for that, which really I feel like launched MIA into the popular consciousness with paper planes. It's a great example.
1: Oh, and and there's and there's so many examples that are yeah, that are just like that, you know. So, that's definitely what we're trying to do in terms of working with some of these bigger brands and it's it's kind of where the trend in in licensing is going is to have a brand align with an unknown independent artists rather than a big artist like the rolling stones yeah and it's not just for budgetary purposes it's just kind of how it's going like brands they don't want to take all of the negative stuff like when 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 you're a brand and you align yourself with a really large artist you take like their whole fan base obviously but then you take all the negative stuff associated with that artist too
0: you look at um uh, i forget which gum company chris brown they chris with... brown right yeah
1: yeah so again that the, the trend is for these brands to kind of champion like a, a a young independent band or an artist and kind of fits right in line with our model and it's 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 really exciting for artists.
0: I, I love it and I think it's an important service that artists need at this point. They need to be able to gain revenue in some capacity cuz otherwise they're they're going to, you know, starve to death. I mean, the term starving artist has never been more literal than it is now.
1: For sure. There there's so many there's so many uh new technologies and new partners basically for for artists nowadays. Mhm like back back in the day you, you had to like make a commitment to a manager or make a commitment to a publishing company or a commitment to a record label now there's there's all of these great companies that are kind of looking at the relationships with artists as a partnership and it's kind of like we don't get anything unless you get something right it's a really cool time for artists as as well as a scary time because there's so many things that are new
0: and and all the things that are old are gone i mean i i used to work at q101 and it's like <laughs> no more <laughs> yeah who are some of the chicago acts who have been involved with music dealers you know that that have worked with you guys
1: blah blah blahs yes know that band quality Cre- band In- absolutely inc- incredible band there's this dj producer named jason tyler yes um, mm-hmm. he's he's from here we actually placed uh he just did last year this year's big huge uh, national target campaign for television nice. yeah so i think we did like 13 spots around one of his songs wow and uh came pretty
0: popular hey champ i think they work hey champ yeah absolutely for sure for sure friends of this show and uh, those guys are awesome how can artists get involved with music dealers like if they wanted to be able to submit their music is it something where you guys solely have to seek them out or can they can they submit their music through channels to you yeah
1: so the way that it works is any artist can just go to musicdealers.com and there's a portal there that it's called got music Mm-hmm. and you can create a profile and upload music and then every single song that comes into the system right now we're getting like a song every two minutes or something oh uploaded God, into the system man. so yeah. every single song that comes in is listened to by us in the office as amazing as that is we have like 30 full-time people in Chicago and it's, I love it and every single thing that comes in it's it's listened from front to back and it's either accepted or rejected Uh, based on a whole bunch of criteria. Mm -hmm. And then it's actually reviewed. We created a language. So with all these like tags like genre and moods and things like that being so subjective we kind of created our language what all of this stuff means so when we're reviewing songs the staff is reviewing songs there's like i think 900 different meta tags from moods to sub moods and all all types of stuff and then we built this thing called the discovery tool it's like our google right so a client can come to us and literally say hey i'm looking for an indie rock song with a female vocal it has to have a 12 bar build up in the beginning. It needs to be driving and it needs to to use the word sunshine in the chorus. And literally we can plug all that in and get out like 12 results.
0: Dude, that is insane. (laughs) I mean, SEO is everywhere. It is so important and people might not think it applies to music, but it it does. Oh, for sure. That's incredible. I I had no idea that there was that kind of a search engine being utilized for music that blows my mind
1: yeah i mean right now we have close to 150,000 songs in the catalog oh my god so we we needed a really quick way to access that stuff so like no matter how big this thing scales to like we're, we're still able to find the needle in the haystack
0: that's incredible man uh music dealers just hit three years it doesn't look like you guys are slowing down anytime soon you got this coca-cola deal kind of what's next for the company and, and where do you guys aim to go from here
1: Our focus, a lot of our focus is direct-to-brand. Over the last three years we've been doing a lot of agency stuff, working with a lot of agencies. This Coca-Cola thing has kind of really opened up the doors for direct-to-brand. A lot of people are taking meetings with us now that weren't taking meetings with us for the last three years. So. There's going to be a lot more direct to brand, a lot more opportunity for artists just aside from sync. Like the the sync licensing portion of our business is always going to be the core, but because of our relationships with these clients and their need for music and and, and need for for musicians and bands from performances to to anything. Like as as long as that's there and it's growing because everybody wants to be involved with music right now. Like, we're going to continue to leverage our artists and and put them in those positions. Like, right now, with Coca-Cola, we're booking, like, 30 or 40 bands for the Olympics.
0: It's incredible, man. It, it, this is one of the first discussions I've had, honestly, in a long time on this podcast where I've come away thinking, like, there are so many great opportunities for artists. So many of the discussions are kind of, like, geared towards, like, it's really hard, radio stations are going away, we're not selling records. It's like, and I, I really empathize and sympathize with these artists, but it's it's great to hear that there are avenues and opportunities that they can pursue where they can really turn this into a livelihood again.
1: For sure. We're, we're definitely trying to to level the playing field. I mean, there there's so many examples for us. We took a, a band from Sweden called You Say France and I Whistle. Okay. Um, earlier this year, <laughs> it's a great name. In, in, incredible band. We uh, they actually they wrote Coca Cola's theme song for 2012, and then Coke had another uh, like a popular band actually record it. Yeah. But the money that they got from that, they were able to start their own label. All of them came over to the states and toured for like two months. They put out their record. They have marketing dollars behind it. So, like, even even if your goal isn't to have the the next big hit in a Sunkiss commercial or or something like that, just being able to utilize those dollars that you get from that and put it into where you would normally get like a budget from a record label in the past you know Mm -hmm.
0: it's and then you're not tied into a deal for sure you're not like oh you know we gave our record deal or you know our record to x label and they've shelved it there's nothing we can do until they decide to release it for sure you're still in charge of your own destiny
1: i want to touch on one other thing too absolutely in in terms of the future and some things that we're doing
0: we just acquired a,
1: a nice piece of this social gaming company right so I think with music a lot of the future is gonna be gamification. So we're we're definitely positioning ourselves in that world. We have a game on Facebook right now called Sound City and it's kind of in the in the vein of a farmville type game, but you build a club, but it's all based on music discovery. So like a lot of our artists are, are in the game and I don't know how many users. I think it's in beta right now, but they're going to put a couple dollars into it. There should be three or 400,000 users within a month or two. Jeez. And literally, we've taken like that discovery tool and we've made like a consumer version of it and put it in the game. So users that are playing the game, they're going to be able to like just discover new music from our catalog and share it on their Facebook walls and things of that they sort. They're like the new moguls. For sure. And then we're going to use that platform and those users to better solidify some of these songs into these placements so when a brand comes to us and they say hey we're looking for that indie rock song with a female vocal and it's for a male audience 16 to 24 we can literally take that brief and put it in the game and kind of open it up to all of the users so then the users give feedback they pick what song they think works for that so then we go back to the brand and we're like hey as we've been doing, we think this is the right song, but 110,000 other users, 70% of them happen to be in your target demographic, also think this is the right song. Well, and so you
0: can't it, argue with those numbers.
1: For sure. So, so, it's, so it's just using all of these new like technology platforms and stuff that, that, are, that are popping up to, to be able to leverage, go back to that core business and go back to being able to take independent artists and get them money.
0: Dude, I love it. Uh, John Williamson, music dealers. What's the best place for people to be able to find more about music dealers to be able to submit their music? Like, what's the best website for everyone to hit?
1: Simple is just going to musicdealers.com. Yeah. Currently, the site is in its first form. Mm-hmm. We're going through a refacing, and there's going to be an entirely new site and entirely new workflow and and messaging and everything within the site, probably within two weeks. So
0: I love it, man. Um, musicdealers.com is the website. Uh, John Williamson, thank you so much for coming up here thank and you. telling us all about this. I, I definitely want to have you on again in the future because I feel like there's so much to cover here. For sure. Appreciate it. Absolutely, man. This has been the Chicago vs. United Audio Podcast, or Chicago Scene Salvation. Thanks to John Williamson from Music Dealers for being on the show this week. Dynasty Podcast is engineered by Layla I. Royale, with recording at the Music Rodge in Chicago, and check them out on the web at musicroge.com. You can find past episodes of the Chicago verse United Audio Podcast at ChicagoVirseUnited.com, including interviews with Chris Payne, Martin Atkins, Jerry Bryant, and many, many more. You can follow the Dynasty Podcast Network through all social and digital media channels at the Ministry of the For the Dynamic Dynasty, my name is Hyma Black and Dynasty Descent.